This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And welcome in to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920, live from the studios, the fine studios here at Lotus Broadcasting on Flamingo. (laughs) Don't know the exact address. Still learning it, DeMond, so... We'll just say on Flamingo here in Las Vegas. But, uh, man, excited to be here for the next yeah, two hours. Please don't give it out. <laughs> uh, no, no, I'm not going to do that. I used to back in my old uh, radio station. I used to always say uh, 5501 Bagby. It's all good. Someone come by and say hello. <laughs> hello. No, thank you. Are <laughs> <laughs> y'all scared over there, man? Raider Nation got nothing but love for you, DeMond. I don't know, man. Sometimes these guys, you know, I say I say a couple of things and I get people well, that's just coming you, at me. That's just when you say something silly. <laughs> but nah, man, we got a couple good hours, uh, exciting hours for you here uh, on the radio station. Very excited about what we got coming up. Got a couple of good guests. Uh, another day following practice. You know, there was another day of training camp and uh, tomorrow they're actually off. So that'd be kind of cool to get a to get a day off. But man. Uh, it's been a lot of fun being out there at the facility in Henderson every single morning, 7.30 a.m. Everything gets going and gets ramped up the last couple of days. They started things off in the indoor facility and then worked their way outside. But, man, I'm telling you, it's just just watching how this team starts to form itself, to see how this team starts to come together. And you start to see who looks like they could be a real deal player and who looks like they could be a good player, and then some who you just look at and say, okay, it's probably just a camp body. You know I mean? And, and, that's, and that's the reality of it. When you have 90 men, there's going to be a lot that are going to separate themselves. And, and there's going to be some that are going to separate themselves early. There'll be some that won't separate themselves till maybe the preseason games. And then there won't be some that separate themselves at all. And they just won't end up making the team. And that's, that's how you put this thing together. It's a big puzzle. It's like when you take that box and you have all those puzzle pieces. And DeMond, I was never good. At putting puzzles together. That was just not my bag. I was not a puzzle guy, right? But you take all those pieces, you look at what it looks like on the box, and then you just dump it on the table. That's what they've that's what they've done. That's what training camp was. All these pieces are on the table, and it's up to John Gruden. It's up to Mike Mayock. It's up to Gus Bradley. It's up to all those coaches, Tom Cable, to put the right pieces in the right place to come together and form a football team that's going to go compete for 18 weeks and 17 games in 2021 it's not easy not easy at all I'll tell you right now last week Zay Jones was the guy who was getting a lot of attention in training camp Zay Jones has made this play Zay Jones just made that play made a diving catch he's done really well Hunter Renfro yesterday kind of showed out a little bit had a couple catches matter of fact the Raiders even tweeted out a couple videos of uh, catches that uh, Hunter Renfro had uh, that were really good good plays Brian Edwards star of the show today Made some right, really good catches yesterday, but he's really starting to get a lot of, uh, of attention. And I think that all of Raider Nation is probably kind of holding their breath. Is this real? Is the hype real? I had someone tweet at me during practice today. Q, help me uh, walk myself off the ledge of believing the hype on Brian Edwards. Tell me that it's not real. Tell me not to go down that, 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 that road. Tell me don't fall for the banana in the tailpipe. And my only response was, yeah, I think you might want to go down that road. You know, I mean, and that's it's it, real. I, I, 
I mean, you're a prisoner of the moment, you know, and it's it's funny talking to to Vic and Vinny out there and and to Sean and just kind of, you know, sharing sharing thoughts on, on what we're seeing out there. You see stuff and you say, hey, this is this looks really good. This player looks like he's going to be a real deal player, but you don't want to get too in front of yourself. You don't want to get too hyped up. You know, there's John Gruden obviously started the hype train by comparing him to T.O. I'm not going to go there. Two separate times he was asked about it today. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's when you know that there's too much behind it. So now me in my head, I'm thinking T.O. Yeah, don't. Don't. Think Brian Edwards. <laughs> and he was he was cool about it, too. He was just really chill. Uh, I saw Levi Edwards tweet out, you know, some of the plays that he made today look like Randy Moss. Too much. It's a gold jacket guy. And that's not a disrespect to Levi because I definitely respect the hell out of Levi. I'm just saying, and I understand where it's coming from because the catches he made, and, and the Raiders tweeted it out. I tweeted out a, a, a catch, or not a catch, but a quote on, on one of the catches that he made as well. I mean, I get the comparison, but you're talking about an HOFer. On my Twitter today, like around 10 a.m., it was like, in case you missed it, and it was five tweets in a row from people at camp, Brian Edwards, Brian Edwards, Brian Edwards, Brian Edwards. And it's just like, man, so I saw that tweet. I saw like that in case you missed it at 10 a.m. Right. It's like, man, Brian Edwards must have had a day today. Well, I'll tell you, he's been playing good ball. I mean, he's been looking the part, you know, and I, hell, I did a podcast about him today. My whole podcast was based off on Brian Edwards and, you know, what I'm going to continue to look at and to see how he continues to develop. But that's the thing. I'm not going to go and put the, the cart before the horse. I'm not going to get too far ahead of myself and say, oh, he's T.O., or he's Randy Moss, or he's insert any other Hall of Fame wide receiver. You got to earn that. You got to earn that. So he's he's a young dude in the league. He uh, talked to us uh, after the after practice about being healthy. Matter of fact, I'll let you hear some of that in just a few seconds. He's healthy this year, and that for me is the biggest my biggest concern when it comes to Brian Edwards. Health in college, he was banged up quite a bit at South Carolina. But you knew the potential was there. Last year, he was banged up multiple times, and it just didn't help in his development. I don't want to give you know give him an excuse and say, well, that's the reason why. But that was that was that was part of it. You know, you, if you're not healthy, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna take longer for you to learn the NFL game. And he finished the 2020 season strong in Denver, got his only touchdown catch, caught that thing in the corner of the end zone. Nice pass from Derek Carr. Back shoulder fade, you know, and, and just caught it with with his hands. Didn't let the ball get to his body. That's something that Derek Carr mentioned today in the media session. Didn't allow the ball to get to his body because that will allow a defender to get their hands in there and try to knock it out. He catches that thing, and I mentioned it before, and I know you laugh, but just a vice grip. Just just sucks it in. And it's like stuck. That's what you want. You want a, a wide receiver that's comfortable catching the ball with his hands not his body. That thing gets into your body, that thing will bounce right off your, your, your shoulder pads and it's on the ground. Ask Amari Cooper. And i not trying to crap on Coop. That, <laughs> no should, be, that should be a hashtag. Huh? There was crap no need, on Coop. There was no need to go there. No, but I'm serious. How many times? I mean, Raider Nation will tell you. Oh, of course they will. I mean, how many times did you see a ball bounce off his shoulder pads? You see it a lot because he let the ball get into his body. Now, he's a, he's a really good receiver. He was a really good receiver at, at Alabama. When he catches the ball with his hands, he's way, way more consistent than he is when he lets that thing get into his body. That's just, that's just, that's just truth. That's going, that's going to inspire someone to maybe tweet at you or call in now, just be like, yeah, I remember there was this one play specifically in 2017, and I remember it. And it's just like, well, can't let it go. 
No, I, and, and look, I'm not I'm not trying to open up the phone lines for a Amari Cooper bash session. I don't I'm not I'm not about that life. There's way too much to talk about, man. This is this is uh, not going backwards. This is going forward. This team has uh, you know an opportunity to to make something, and that's and, and right now is when you build those blocks. This is when you put this thing together. Is right now during training camp, because once once that uh, that 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 September 13th game comes, that Monday Night Football game, Allegiant Stadium. I mean, it's real. Then it's it's no it's no room for oh I'm still learning. Your learning curve is over once training camp is over, and you've made the 53 man roster. And yeah, I know there's young players on the team. Look, it's it's now or never. You know what what did John Gruden say? Uh, it, it's it's all or nothing this year. You know, and, and I know he kind of downplays it when he meets with the media, but multiple players have said it. Hey, you know, John Gruden's goal at the end of the year, as every coach in the league is, to hoist that Lombardi, and he wants it more than. I don't want to say more than anyone because I think every coach wants it bad, but he wants it. He he's he's hungry, he's hungry for it. John Gruden's gonna act cool as the other side of the pillow, but you know he hears all the all the conversation. He hears all the naysayers. He hears all the ones that say you know he can't get it done. He hears all that negativity. All these guys hear everything. They might play it off, and some just don't care. I mean, Demond, you probably hear when people talk bad about you, or if someone tweets sure something, do. you know, when someone tweets something, it's like, oh, Demond's crazy, or Demond, I can't believe he said that. You'll eventually hear it, you'll see it. I see stuff on Twitter all the time about me. I just have to learn to say, oh well, <laughs> the hell with you. I mean, because you can't please everybody, so you just have to learn to ignore it. That's what these players do is they try to just ignore it, but they see it. Coaches ain't no different. John Gruden ain't got to be on. He ain't got to be on Twitter to hear what people are talking about. Yeah, I mean, like, even last week, uh, Peter King, when he was on um, in the huddle with Vinny, yeah, he he mentioned like, oh, you know, I interviewed John Gruden, and he's talking about. I asked him, so how does it feel to basically? He gave out the record. I don't, I don't know his exact 19, nineteen wins, nineteen wins, and like John Gruden's like, oh, how does that feel? And Gruden just he's like, he just gave me a look because of course he's not happy about it, right? But you can't avoid it. No, it's there. And I think that it's funny. I've said this for years. I think that that's the silliest stat in football is win-loss record for the head coach and win-loss record for the starting quarterback. And I think it's stupid because what's the win-loss record of the starting wide receiver? Nobody knows. Exactly. What's the win-loss well, record coach. for the center? Head coach, I get it because you know you okay. are the coach. Okay, but so quarter like individual players, yes. But I feel like the coach. I mean, I mean the coach. That, that, it has to matter. I mean, it, it matters, but it's just silly that the the two people that have a, a win loss record are the head coach and the quarterback, and nobody else. Nobody knows what the middle linebacker start a uh, win loss record is. Nobody, no, not even the middle linebacker. Probably don't even know how many games he's played. It's the truth. I don't make this stuff up. What's David Arnett's win loss record? Couldn't tell you. Eight and eight. They were eight and eight last year. <laughs> I mean, think about it. See? Oh, I mean, think no, about no, it. No, no, no. But then we got to talk about the games that he actually played in. It doesn't matter. He's on the team. Right? I thought I thought we were going to have to factor in, like, the games that he actually played, what happened in the – okay, but yeah. I mean, but, again. But, but again, it's, it goes it's to the point. It's like, the dumbest, it doesn't, it doesn't dumbest stat in football is the win-loss record of the starting quarterback. Yes, I agree with you there. But since that's the face of the franchise, those normally are the highest-paid guys, and, you know, they're the high-priority guy, of course they're going to have that on them. Of course, it's not, it's not, you know, trying to give D.C. a pass or anything. I'm just saying that nobody knows what Josh Jacobs' win-loss record is. Nobody. Look, you've been, you, you, you know that they went 7-9 and nine and they went 8-8, eight and eight and you still, you know, the math. You can't do the math. Because then you would have to factor in, like, he didn't lose those games that he didn't play in. Okay. 
I mean, even like it's like the plausible deniability of like, you know, I know position players aren't going to say this, but it's like I'm not the one that controls like who throws the ball where I like I don't get to control my my touches. Exactly. Exactly. But everything falls on the quarterback. It always falls on it always falls on the quarterback and then the head coach. So, again, the point is all that stuff that's out there, all these guys here. So, you know, I've, you know, been been pleasantly. I don't want to say surprise because it shouldn't be surprising that these guys are out there executing and looking looking the part right now. But I do think there's been some things to like. I think Trayvon Merrick made a heck of a play today. It was one-on-one drills. I always believe that the one-on-one drills are never set up for, for the defense to have success. I always will, I'll go to my grave and say that. It's never set up for the, the defense to, to be successful. Trayvon Merrick made a hell of a play on Hunter Renfro earlier. One-on-one drills. Derek Carr threw it in the corner of the end zone. Hunter Renfro is going to come down with that nine times out of ten. Boom. Trayvon Merrick, who actually had a step on him at, at first. Uh, Renfro had a step on him at first. Caught up, made the play, knocked it away. Corner in the end zone. Textbook. It was, it, was, it was just a really good play. Again, it's just a one-on-one drill, so you don't want to get overhyped about it. But it shows signs that the young man is starting to figure it out or starting to understand at least what his job is. is does that mean that you know he's never going to give a touchdown? No. It just means that he's out there, he's learning, he's putting it together, the teaching of, of Ron Milas, of what Gus Bradley wants him to do, he's putting it together. That's all that means. Yeah, shouldn't you be like, I feel like maybe we should not take more from it, but be a little bit more jovial about it because you are saying like the D, the DBs are at a disadvantage. Right. So when they do make a great play, it yeah. should be a little bit more like, oh, I mean, yeah. he actually had to work No, you, you, you clap, you clap and tell him, good play, Rook, now go do it again. You know, you can't hang your hat on one play. One one on one drill, you you know, but it's good to see some good safety play. You know, I mean, I think everyone in the media kind of looked Ooh. at each other and was like, "Whoa, that was a nice play from the safety." It's been a while. You know, I think this scheme of Gus Bradley's is going to help these guys be able to play at a good level, high level, faster than they would have if they were still in Paul Gunther's scheme, whereas. So much going on, so busy, so much thinking, so much thinking. You know, look, I, I I put myself in this in, in this role. I start this new job. There's a lot going on. There's a ton going on. You know, we've got a bunch of stations here in the building. We've got a lot of different. You know, emails are coming here, calls are coming here, text messages are coming here. There's a lot going on. So every once in a while, I get caught up and I'm thinking, okay, what do I got to do next? Then all of a sudden, I realize, like, man, I just got to go. I just got, you know, I can't think. I just got to go. Just do it. Just stop thinking about. It. Just do it. Don't slow yourself down because that ain't going to help none of us. <laughs> you know what I mean? If I'm, I'm trying to be successful, I got to move. I got to make it happen. Man, the play, when you said that, like, you just, you just got to go, the first player that popped in my head was Corey Littleton. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That was one of his biggest. Last year. That was one of his biggest issues last year. He wasn't going. He was thinking. He was thinking, and when you think, you operate slowly. It's like, it's like when you're driving. I'm new to the area. Again, I can, I can ride this out for a while. I'm new to the area. I'm driving. My stupid GPS is telling me to go right. Then all of a sudden, the last second is telling me to go left. You know that car that's in the middle of the road, and you see them going a little bit slower, and you're like, what are mm-hmm. you doing? That's mm-hmm. because they're trying to follow the damn GPS. And what it tells you. you know what I'm saying? Because they don't know. They're thinking, what is this thing thinking? I've been, I've been that guy a couple so times. I'm getting, mad, I'm getting mad at you for no yeah. reason. So I've, I've looked at people and was like, my bad. Then they look at the car, and they see the Texas place, and they're like, yeah, out of towner. You know, and I feel bad because I just don't know. In my head, that's like 90% of the reason that the 15's backed up is because you got those cars that they don't know where right. their exit is. Right. So they're going like 50. They're thinking. And they're slowing everybody what down. What do I need to do? 
Exactly. Have you ever been driving somewhere where you're not 100% familiar and you got to think about it? Man, this really does relate to football because now I can't now I can't do what I want to do because I can't trust you. Exactly. Because <laughs> the car in front of me, I don't know what you're about to do. So I've got to be cautious because your dumbass might go left. You might go right. <laughs> you might stop suddenly. I don't have a clue. All because you're listening to at the light, go right. And if I accidentally run into you, we're all gonna look bad. And then we all look bad. It all comes full circle. But it makes it it makes it easier to understand because none of us are playing football. None of us are out there. Uh, at 7.30 in the morning when it's getting 85, 90 degrees and it's all of a sudden heating up and we're out there under the under the fire. We're not that guy. But we could find a way to make it so you understand, oh, wait, when I'm thinking, I do operate slowly. I think driving is the perfect example. Perfect example. We've all been there, done that. And I've done it lately more than I need to be. I'm not proud of it, but I've done it. I've been that guy. I've been the reason you've been angry in the car. I've been that guy. I do. I can't tell you this. I can tell you this. I know how to get home and to work without GPS. <laughs> That's all that matters. That doesn't. I make, mean, everywhere does, else, yeah. everywhere else, I may have to punch in Siri and, and ask her where I'm going, which is shame on me. But that's where we're at. That's where we're at. The just, first time you did it, the first time you went home without the GPS, did you feel proud of yourself? Yeah. Like I don't. I don't need it. Like yeah. you just put the phone down. And look, and and to go to my house, it's literally like a straight shot. It's so easy to get there. It is no really no turns to get to work. It's no turns. I mean, I I get on the two fifteen and I get off at Flamingo. You know what I mean? Like I'm straight. Boom. Yeah. And if I can't figure that out, well then I'm just a dummy. <laughs> <laughs> and there ain't no reason to be a dummy. But yeah. at times, <laughs> I've shown those tendencies. Like uh, we got a text from Tom. Oh, no. At uh six nine one eight seven, that's the Salmon Ash text line keyword R and R. He said, "Yeah, Q, head coach is architect of the team, and quarterback runs the offense. So yeah, wins and losses are tied to them, and comes with being the two highest paid on the team." Tom, I agree. I agree with them being the two highest paid on the team. I understand that, and I get why they have the win loss record. I just think it's funny. I think it's funny, silly, and really not really needed because again, the rest of your team does not have a win loss record. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Like you said, uh, how about Amari Cooper? Go back to him. I hate to make this feel like a Cooper bashing. Who, who was, what was Coop's win-loss record with the Raiders? Nobody knows. You can't even Google it and find out. You know what I mean? Like, you just can't. I mean, you probably could. But still, it's just, it's the point is, it's a team sport. It takes all 11 guys on each side of the ball to do their job correctly in order to win a game. But yet, there's only two people that have a win-loss record. That's, that's my point. But, Tom, I get what you're saying. I do. And it does come with the nature. The more you make, the more responsibility you have. And somebody's got to get blamed for something. And somebody's got to take the L. And someone's got to take the blame. I get it. I get it. So, Tom, you're not wrong. I'm just I'm just pointing out a simple fact that I could play every single game across from this dude, and nobody will ever tell me what my win-loss record is. But they'll know what that guy's is, and they'll use it to bury him or they'll use it to get, or praise him. One of the two. It's not, it's not just about burying a guy. It's also about praising a guy. I would love to see, like, Max Crosby, maybe he has a big season this year and gets 10 sacks, and I know this is not what his agent's going to do, but I would love for Max Crosby to have, like, a really big season and then go into, you know, Mike Mayock's office and be like, hey, my win-loss record is so-and-so and so-and-so. You need to pay me more. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's not going to happen. Or even, like, um, you know, the Raiders this past this past offseason was like, oh, they got rid of their great offensive line. That offensive line was top five offense in the league. It's like, well, what's that offensive line's win-loss record? Right. Nobody said that. Nobody. 
I can tell you what, this, that great offensive line that they had last year played together three snaps. The starting offensive line played together three snaps. That's it. So you got to give Tom Cable a lot of credit. What's his win-loss record? Nobody knows. And he was a head coach multiple times. But, you know, it is it is what it is. It's not it's not a something that I'm trying to debate or anything. It's just it's just always a funny part of the conversation that I find. But yeah, I mean, you know, the offensive line is going to be something that that really has to be uh pay attention to. You know, how how cohesive can this unit be? How quickly can they become a cohesive unit because they're going to be vital in the success of the offense. The offense that was very good. Did it have areas to improve? Sure. Yep, no doubt about it. But they do look like they could be a really good offense. And if and if Henry Ruggs and Derek Carr and Brian Edwards can all be on the same page, like what they're trying to do right now, they're attempting to do in training camp, this offense could really, really be dangerous. You know, uh, Derek Carr mentioned today about, you know, the, the 50-50 balls and trusting trust the wide receivers, and he'll throw it if he trusts you. To me, it looks like he's developing a trust with Henry. It looks like he's developing a trust with Brian. Like these guys are guys that he's going to take a chance and throw the rock to, even if they may be covered. Hey, you know what? I'll just give him a chance. He'll take that chance if he trusts you. You've seen him when he doesn't trust. He won't throw that ball. He'll throw it away. He'll throw it in the dirt. He'll check it down. He'll eat it. He'll run for a yard and slide. I mean, he'll do something, but he ain't going to let that thing fly if he don't trust you. It's so important right now for them to develop that trust and that chemistry in training camp so they can convert that into real, actual play once the season begins. And it does begin sooner rather than later, September 13th, that first, uh, that first game, Monday Night Football at Allegiant Stadium. Baltimore Ravens coming to town. That is going to be a hopping place. You think that the... Uh, the Gold Cup was on and popping at Allegiant Stadium. Just wait till that Monday night football game. It is going to be bananas. Got a couple good guests coming up on the show today. Matter of fact, in less than 10 minutes, we'll have B.D. Williams from SB Nation, also co-host of Tape Don't Lie. He joined us last week, talked some defense. I'm going to talk some more defense with him. I'm also going to talk Brian Edwards. I'm also going to talk Henry Ruggs and just get his thoughts on, on where he thinks his team could go, uh, especially this offensive line. I'm uh, just going to kind of break it down from, again, a film study type of, of, of sense and, and, and direction. I like guys that, that break down film because I'm not the guy who breaks down film. So I like to be able to talk to guys that I know that's what their specialty is. And BD does a really good job of breaking down film. So we'll talk to him at 2.30 at 3 o'clock. We'll have cover three NFL news and notes of the day. I like to do that on the daily. Just take a, a look at the NFL and, and pass along some good notes and nuggets. And there's actually a good funny sound bite from Lions head coach Dan Campbell that I want you to hear off top. I think that I have a... Uh, a routine. I think that I'm, you know, that guy that, that I, I just, I'm not right. If I don't do something every single day, there's, there's a certain routine that I have every day and I've got to go through. And if I don't, I don't, I just don't feel right. Well, Dan Campbell looked at my routine and said, ha, your routine ain't got nothing on mine, homeboy. You need to get on the Dan Campbell program. So no, nobody should be on that program. <laughs> Probably not even Dan Campbell, <laughs> but he likes it. That's how he rolls. So, hey, I'm okay with it. So you'll hear that coming up at uh, at 3 o'clock, uh, part of Cover 3 NFL News and Notes of the Day. And then at 3.30, Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. She's our usual Wednesday guest. Uh, she'll join the show to talk about what she's seen at training camp and her thoughts and what her, her takeaways have been. And is this, you know, are, are there some players? Are there players like Brian Edwards, Henry Ruggs? Are they going to be for real? Are they really going to be those go-to guys 
for Derek Carr in 2021. We'll break all that down with Cassie Soto. The time is 2.23. When we come back, got a couple nuggets. The Raiders just put out an email about a, a, a guy that they've signed, and also there's a visitor in town as well uh, working out for the Raiders right now. We'll get to all that next. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Um, it's huge, man. You know, health is, is wealth, man. And the more you can be on the field, the more you can be available, I feel like that benefits me in a huge way. So I'm glad I'm finally healthy, healthy and I'm just ready to compete. You know, having the ankle and then dealing with some other stuff, you know, it kind of held me back and kind of, you know, Anytime you're not feeling 100%, you're trying to go against guys in this league, it's hard. So, you know, it was a challenge. So there you go right there. That's the guy who's been the star of the show the last couple of days at a Raiders training camp. That's why receiver Brian Edwards talking about health. Health is wealth, and he wasn't healthy in 2020. He's healthy now, and he's out there showing it right now and showing what he can do. And uh, there's something to get excited about, but, again, you're only into the, the first week of training camp, so you don't want to get too excited. You, you don't want to go down that same uh, rabbit hole that you've been down before where, hey, this guy's going to be the truth and then ends up being a guy that uh, disappoints you or the team just doesn't come together the way you expected it to come together. But uh, from all indications, from everything I've seen, Brian Edwards looks like a real deal player. And we'll get to B.D. Williams from SB nation uh, in just a few seconds i do want to pass along a couple quick nuggets about the raiders uh, they just sent out the press release about signing an offensive lineman of course sam young he retired officially yesterday so they've added another piece of depth offensive lineman jeremiah uh, putasi uh, he's been around the league for quite a while. Uh, 2015, he was drafted by the Tennessee Titans. So he's been around the league for a while, but he is uh, in town, and he is signed with the Raiders. Uh, he's going to be some offensive line depth. And then as far as the defensive side of the ball, uh, Gerald McCoy, old school Gerald McCoy, he's in visiting with the Raiders uh, as well. So not saying that he's going to sign, but he's in, at least they're kicking the tires on him. He was a guy that was excited about playing with the Cowboys just a year ago, and then he got banged up and, and hurt in training camp, and he missed the whole season so uh we'll see if gerald mccoy uh, apparently he's healthy he got that bill that clean bill of health just the other day so uh we'll see uh what they do if the raiders decide to go ahead and sign him and add him to the defensive line as far as some depth goes but uh, just a couple little nuggets a little bit of uh roster news as far as the raiders go now let's go on out to the raider nation hotline and bring in our next guest bd williams sb nation co-host of tape don't lie you can find him on twitter at bd williams 18 and i uh, really appreciate your time this afternoon my man thanks for hopping on and in very late notice but uh, excited, and I want to talk about the defensive side of the ball, which is something that we talked about last week when you when you hopped on the show. But I've been seeing some of your tweets and some of the videos and breakdowns that you've been putting out, and you do a great job uh, with the film breakdown. Uh, as far as Gus Bradley goes, I know you mentioned last week that you know he's going to get those guys uh, in Gakwe and Crosby just to get after the quarterback. Stopping the run is not really one of his priorities. But the first week of the season, they're playing the Baltimore Ravens, and you know that they're going to run the ball. They're going to run the ball. And they're going to run the ball some more. So uh, with Cleve Farrell, how much do you think he'll be a factor in that game? And how much burn do you think he'll get because he is a guy that is able to really set the edge really well? Yeah, so I'm actually uh, I'm, I'm hopeful that Cleveland Farrell can be a you know, big impact player in that game. Because, I mean, that's, that's his game. His game is stopping the run. Uh, that's his strength you know, right now at this point in his career. Uh, as with Solomon Thomas, too, so I think that both those guys will definitely have uh, heavily factor into what the game plan is. Um, and, you know, the, the way that, the, that Gus Bradley stopped the Ravens the last time they played, which was the 2018 playoffs, if, uh, if I remember correctly, he used seven defensive backs for the majority of the game. 
Um, and I don't anticipate that happening this time around, but it's definitely, he, you know, he's going to throw out some kind of wrinkles that are going to make it real difficult um, for Baltimore to adjust to. In that kind of a game, in that kind of style that Baltimore is going to be bringing to town, how important is it going to be for the defense to remain disciplined and stay in their lanes and not try to get ahead of themselves and do someone else's job? Yeah, I mean, this is like, you know, um, think about the, like, the triple option teams, the wishbone teams that you played in high school. This is like the most advanced, fastest triple option of all time with Baltimore Ravens. It's incredibly important. It's so critical for everyone to just do their job, focus on their guy. And, you know, this is the way that they hurt teams is when someone tries to, you know, peaks at somewhere else that they're not supposed to peak. This is when Lamar Jackson will gash you. Yeah, absolutely. We're talking right now with B.D. Williams from SB Nation, co-host of Tape Don't Lie here on Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Uh, Second-round pick, Trayvon Merrick. I know we talked about the safety position last week as well. Trayvon Merrick made a really good play today on Hunter Renfro's in one-on-one uh, you know, matchups, and, and I always say that those never favor the defense, but he made a great play uh, breaking up a pass in the end zone. Uh, how much do you think he'll be able to be a factor? I know Jonathan Abrams is going to be a major factor for this defensive scheme, but how much do you think that the rookie will be able to really impact this defense if he's able to figure things out pretty quickly? I mean, you know, that play, it's really interesting because Trevor Merrick, his best trait was man coverage coming out. Like, his man coverage is just textbook, uh, best in class at the safety position coming out this year in the draft. Um, and so when I heard that he was going to go to the Raiders, I'm thinking, okay, he's going to be a free safety. That's kind of boring in Gus Bradley's scheme. You're going to be back there in the deep middle of the field 75% of the time. But I do hope we see some man coverage, you know, coming down on the, in the slot, playing man coverage, because that's really what he excels at. Yeah, he, he looked really good. And, again, that's just one play. It's, it's one-on-one, you know, it's the one-on-one drills. And so you don't want to take too much from it. But he did look like he, he, he was able to, you know, play that part. And it's been a while since the Raiders have had really good safety play. So if he could slide into that, that position, man, that would, be, that would be two thumbs up, I'm sure, from uh, Raider Nation. And uh, we talked about Jonathan Abram in, in pretty good detail last time. He, to me, and this is just from being out there, he just looks like he's locked in. And I don't mean this disrespectfully at all. He just looks like a guy who is so focused on the task at hand and that he realizes how important this, this year is going to be. I mean, do you think with the, the, the simplification of this defense and with Gus Bradley able to kind of slide him into the box that he'll be able to be that factor and be that important guy that can help carry this defense? Yeah, I mean, I, I sure hope so. I'm optimistic about Jonathan Abram. I know a lot of people are down on him. You know, just looking at some things that he's able to do on tape, some of the explosiveness that he has, the fierce hitting ability. You know, he's he's got things that, you know, you can't teach. So I really do hope that he is able to lock in, be disciplined, and uh, show everyone, you know, why he was a first-round pick. When you look at Nate Hobbs, he's a guy who's been manning the, the slot position. He's a guy that John Gruden has mentioned could go outside. Gus Bradley's mentioned he can go outside as well, but his versatility really helps get him on the field. And he's been battling with Amik Robertson at that, that slot position. When you see him on film, what do you see? You know, Nate Hobbs, it's tough. He's kind of an enigma. I, I only have one film on him, one tape on him, and um, he did some phenomenal things against the run and looked very shaky against the pass. Some of his um, college stats kind of back up, back that up. Um, I, I, this is a, it's a big question mark. He played on the outside in college. He's going to have to play on the inside as a nickel in the NFL. Uh, he came from like a cover two heavy scheme with Levy Smith in college. Now he's going to cover three scheme. There's just a lot of, you know, variables here, and it's tough for me to figure out, you know, kind of get a nose or a bead on 
what Nate Hobbs really brings. What do you think? Because Coach Gruden has mentioned it before that he comes from Levy Levy Smith's scheme, and of course that's a you know former NFL coach and now a defensive coordinator there in Houston. But uh, how much just because Lovey does have those NFL traits, do you think that that may help Nate Hobbs kind of understand the NFL game? Yeah, I mean it's definitely gonna um, it's, it's definitely going to help him acclimatize himself to an NFL practice schedule, you know, having Levy Smith there, I'm sure Levy Smith ran things, um, you know, in practice the way that it's run in the NFL. Um, and some just the attention to detail, some of the film study, I'm sure that those things were, were brought as well. And, um, you know, I, I might be wrong about this. You know, I, I should have done some research, but I'm pretty sure Levy Smith and John Gruden come from the same coaching tree. So yeah, yeah. if Levy Smith gave him you know, the uh, seal of approval, that that's going to hold weight in John Gruden's eyes. Yeah, no, they did. Uh, he's mentioned that multiple times as well, that they definitely came from the same uh, the same coaching tree. So, uh, yeah, that, that might uh, be a factor that I really wasn't thinking about. We're talking with B.D. Williams from SB Nation, co-host of Tape Don't Lie on Twitter, at B.D. Williams 18. And uh, if you don't mind, I wanted to flip over to the offensive side of the ball. Uh, we were talking about Brian Edwards. There's been a lot of buzz around him coming out of training camp, and I always caution because it's early. I think the potential is there, but it's early. So I don't want to get too far ahead of myself but one one area of the offense I did want to focus in on is the offensive line we all know from the center position all the way to the right it's been reconstructed it's 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 all new Andre James uh you're assuming that Denzel Good's going to be there but John Simpson from everything I hear and see he's given a battle at that position and then you have Alex Leatherwood if you're Alex Leatherwood the first round draft pick the guy who's going to be the day one starter at the right tackle position what do you feel is the most important thing for him to understand in this, in, in this uh, you know, what Coach Cable's trying to do along that offensive line? How is he going to adapt to the NFL quickly? Well, you know, he, it, this, is, this is a great scheme. We all know that Gruden likes to run the ball. He's a conservative coach. He wants to have a balanced run pass on, on offense. And from a lot of people that I've talked to who do offensive line breakdowns, they all say Alex Leatherwood's the best run blocker in the class. Mm. So he comes in, he slots in right now. He's going to be able to push people around. Uh, and so that's always going to be a benefit for him because, you know, when they are running the ball, he can bring that physicality to the guy across from him, you know, kind of impose his will on those reps. And, uh, you know, the, the rest of it is just going to have to get the, getting this offense down. This is a very uh, high-volume offense. You know, it's probably one of, if not the most, you know, wide open playbooks in the entire NFL. There's a lot of things that Derek Carr is also going to do at the line of scrimmage, getting in and out of plays, making checks, changing protections. It's a big mental load for a rookie. Um, So that's really going to be the biggest thing for him. Coming from the SEC, you know, he's playing against a lot of guys who are going to the NFL. Sure, there's going to be a jump of competition because it's the NFL, but it's the mental side. That's what we're going to have to pay attention to with Alex Leatherwood. You know, and with that being said, him, you know, being a rookie, it's going to be a lot for him to digest and figure out. But how difficult do you think it's going to be for all three, the center, the right guard, and the right tackle, to all get on the same page? Because, well, they weren't doing that last year. Yeah, I mean, Denzel Good, he definitely has a big leg up on it. He's played a lot of spots on this offensive line. You know, when, when Derek Carr makes a check, when Derek Carr, uh, you know, calls an audible, Denzel Good, you know, he's going he's gonna to do the right thing. He, he's been in this scheme for a while, and he's started a lot of games in it. And, I, and I'm optimistic about Andre James, you know, just because he's spent so much time, even if it was just in practice with Derek Carr, at least he's been in the system for a while and, you know, learning from the best, uh, one of the best centers in the last 10, 15 years in Rodney Hudson. But, uh, but, yeah, we still have – it remains to be seen. We still got to see it on the field. Yeah, absolutely. Again, talking with B.D. Williams from SB Nation here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And as far as the wide receivers goes, a couple things that I've seen is 
um, Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards really uh, getting on the same page with Derek Carr and, and, and going after those 50-50 balls, and he's been trusting to throw it. And I know it's training camp, so you can throw them, and if they're intercepted, it's not a big deal. But do you think that those guys can be uh, used in that way where Derek Carr starts to take a few more chances down the field because he now trusts those wide receivers to go get that 50-50 ball? Yeah, I think that both of those guys excelled in that area in college. Um, that would be a huge, huge boost because that's how you went on the outside. When you're going on the outside, when you're running a vertical route on the outside as a wide receiver, a lot of times those passes are going to be contested. You have to come down with combat catches in the NFL to win on the outside, and that's really been a missing ingredient in the passing game. You know, we know about Waller working the middle. We know about Renfro working the middle. If those guys can work the outside, watch out. And, and the thing about Brian Edwards, he has the size, you know, and, and Derek Carr has said it before. Uh, even today he said, you know, he kind of reminds him of Devontae Adams. Uh, others have said, you know, John Gruden went out there and said, T.O., I'm not going to go there. That's a Hall of Famer. Others have said Randy Moss, that's another Hall of Famer, not going to go there. But with that size <laughs> and the way that he catches the ball with his hands, I do see a little like Michael Crabtree in him. You know what I mean? I see, and that was when Derek Carr was comfortable. In 2016, he was getting the rock to, to Crabtree. Every time it was a big time uh, down or he needed to have it, he went to Crabtree. Do you think that he can have those kind of traits? And if he can, how, how huge could that be for the offense? Yeah, I mean, that's certainly the type of player, you know, that he projects to be. That's his athletic profile. Um, one of, you know, three SEC receivers, you know, um, in history to like, hit like a thousand, you know, a, a hundred catches and, you know, all these different numbers. So he, he comes from a rarefied air as far as his production coming out of college, his athletic profile coming out of college. He certainly should, you know, has the makings of a big time NFL player. You know, we just got to see the chemistry evolve. And something that Michael Crabtree had when he came to the Raiders was he was already a veteran, right? you know, um, and that was someone, someone that Derek Carr could lean on. And, you know, so we just got to see that chemistry um, you know, get there with Brian Edwards and Derek Carr. And from what I've heard, you know, these guys are working, you know, in the mornings, working after practice together. So I, I'm, I'm optimistic that we'll see some good things from Brian Edwards. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the hope. You know, and again, a lot of Raider Nation is getting excited about the potential. I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't want to say I'm falling for the banana in the tailpipe, but I do see where I do see where it's there. You know, what I mean, I do see the, the the possibilities and how he could be such an X factor in this offense if he could stay healthy. And I think that that's the biggest key because health has always been a concern when it comes to Brian Edwards. And before I let you go, I wanted to ask you about the running back uh, duo, Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake. I think that's a really good one-two punch, similar to what they have in Cleveland with uh, Nick Chubb and, and also Kareem Hunt. What, how much do you think that these guys could be implemented in different ways? You know, obviously carrying the rock, but how much do you think that they could be used in multiple different ways by John Gruden in this offense? Yeah, I, I, th- I do think it is a very intriguing um, one-two punch. You know, we, we know that Josh Jacobs can be a bell cow. Uh, as good of a zone runner as there is in the NFL, outside zone, inside zone, great vision. Um, he can, you know, make a guy miss or he can, you know, run right over the, right o- right over the guy. Really, the, one, the couple areas that where Josh Jacobs isn't great, just okay or just average at, is on gap scheme runs, you know, like the powers, the counters, the block down, pull, uh, guards pulling. Um, he has some shaky film there, and then he's also just not a home run hitter. He's not going to outrun, you know, defensive backs. But actually, Kenyon Drake does those things very well, even though he's not as gifted of a zone runner, doesn't have the same vision as Josh Jacobs. You know, he'll hit the hole on a power play and, you know, t- and just completely race past everyone because he has, you know, that third, fourth gear. He was the second or third fastest uh, ball carrier in 2020 in the NFL. 
And he's also, um, you know, uh, a natural ca- catcher of the football, so I do think that they can be used in a variety of ways. It's, it's a very good complimentary back to have for Josh Jacobs. Great breakdown right there, my man. Great breakdown. Definitely appreciate you. B.D. Williams, SB Nation co-host of Tape Don't Lie on Twitter at B.D. Williams 18. Uh, what do you guys have coming out that uh, folks should be on the lookout for, my man? Um, you know, we, we are working on a deal with SB Nation right now, but um, I, I won't say much more than that. <laughs> uh, but definitely, st- definitely stay tuned for that. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll be letting all the listeners know. I appreciate you having me on, Q. You're the best, man. Hey, I'll tell you right now, man, when you're ready to break that news, you know who to holler at. <laughs> right on my man thank you so much bd williams right there got something in the pressure cooker ain't nothing wrong with that i, I, I like having things in the pressure cooker man i'll tell you right before i got this job the i had it i had things in the pressure cooker too there was times Vinny would make a little comment here or there he'd say something and i'm like uh you can't say anything yet you know and i remember the, i remember how that feeling was you know when you feel like you're right there on the edge or the cusp of getting getting that job but you don't know 100 percent yet you haven't really got that official, okay, let's go. But it's close, and you want to say something, but then you can't say nothing. And then people hyping you up. And it's yeah. Like, hey, man, hey, don't say, we, it ain't for sure Yeah, yet. exactly. I, I'll remember, man, and, and, and you were you were the producing Vinny's show, and he said something, oh, I want to welcome in my teammate. And I was thinking, it ain't even official yet. You can't say that. And so many people, <laughs> so many people hit me up. I was like, hey, I just caught that. I caught that teammate thing, and I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, like, I tried to so play it off. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's, Vinny's my guy. Me and Vinny, we, you know, we, we go way back. We're like the Commodores. Who, who would have thought we would have broke up, you know? <laughs> or and actually, you don't know about the Commodores. I have to, I have to make it someone so you no, understand. I, I, get, I get it. I get it. About uh, who's, someone, who's someone who broke up that was a good one for you? What's, the, what's your – I was going to say Beyonce, but you're not even uh, – Destiny's Children. I, I, I think you're still a new booty on that, too. They're probably too. Uh, who's no, no, man. I mean, I, I get the Commodores reference. I mean, all right. Come yeah. on, man. I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm trying, old man at heart. I'm just trying to get it so it's on your page, so you understand. You I, got it. I get, I get what you mean, man. All right. I mean, best group of all time. Migos still together, so I mean, wouldn't know about that. All right, two forty-five is the time. Many thanks to BD Williams for joining us there with a little film breakdown. He does a great job there. Uh, SB Nation co-host. A tape don't lie. Again, you can find his work, a lot of his work, at BD Williams eighteen on Twitter. We come back. We'll close out hour number one. Talk a little bit more about uh, Gerald McCoy visiting the Raiders. What does that mean for the guys on the defensive line right now? Plus, Raider Nation want to hear from you. Seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred. Raider Nation listener line. The Salmon Ash text line six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. I'll leave you with this question. Last year, John Gruden in training camp said Malik Collins is going to be the key to the Raiders' defense. Well, that didn't work out. But, ah. but it's a part of the defensive line. He didn't, and I, you know, I was I, I was a little thinking that Malik Collins was going to be a player too. He he wasn't. He wasn't at all. He was terrible. So, what do you or who do you think is going to be the key for the Raiders' defense? BD told us last week he believes it's going to be Jonathan Abram. Who do you believe? is going to be the key to the Raiders' defense in 2021. Again, 702-365-9200, Salmon Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. What's up, Raider Nation? This is Hall of Famer Tim Brown, and you listen to Raider Nation 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Just got a couple minutes left here in hour number one of Unnecessary Roughness. Coming up at the top of the hour, we'll have cover three NFL news and notes of the day. Uh, we do want to hit that Raider Nation listener line as there's a lot of folks on uh, patiently waiting 
Gangster Raider, Mitch in New Jersey, Raider Mike, and Raider Don. We'll all get to you in a in a quick minute. But I uh, did want to speak on real quick the the report that the Raiders are hosting veteran defensive tackle Jared McCoy on a free agent visit. Uh, Ted Nguyen has been a guest of the show before. He says, reportedly, now the Raiders believe Solomon Thomas is too small to play full-time three technique and look like they are looking for a rotational interior rusher. And uh, Vic Tafer from The Athletic, who's also been a guest on the show, Love all these guys being, uh, you know, being on the show at some point. Uh, said would free up Solomon Thomas to play more outside on running downs. He might be a little small for extended use at the three technique after all. So, little concern there. And this is what happens in training camp. You know, you get a couple days in the pads and you start to see what works. It goes back to that puzzle I was talking about at the beginning of the show. You start to see what works, and you start to see what doesn't work. Every piece that they brought in might not work. Solomon Thomas might be a guy that they look at and say, "Yeah, that was a good idea." Oh, uh, maybe not. I've heard people, and I've already been hit at Twitter by saying, this is why they should have kept Mo Hurst. Look, Mo Hurst wasn't going to make the team. Uh, honestly, I, I don't believe he would have made the team. Gus Bradley looked at him, and I don't think he saw a fit. And that's why they made the move. I, I realized that he was a fan favorite. I realized that he had moments that he played well. I know he didn't play consistently that that much. I know that he wasn't a part of the rotation that much, but... I don't think that Mo Hurst was the answer to all the Raiders' problems on the defensive line. So this is what training camp's for, to go through and weed these guys in and out. If they work, great. If they don't, fine. Just move on. That's what it's all about. It's no feelings. It's no trying to, you know, build a a, a best friendship or whatever. Hey, it's all business. Get in, get out. If it works, it does. If it doesn't, then it doesn't. 702-365-9200. Let's go out to the Raider Nation listener line and talk to our guy, Gangster Raider. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, I just want to point out that yesterday was the anniversary of uh, Raider Nation Radio launching. Oh, yeah. And I think I think a big deal, a bigger deal should have been made of it. You know what I'm saying? I was like one of the OGs that's been calling since day one. Yep. And I think I was the original person to call in on this show, um, Unnecessary Roughness. So I'm going to make myself, um, call myself a Raider Nation Hall of Famer. This is Hall of Fame weekend, and we got three Raiders going into the Hall of Fame. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I, I'm going to label myself a Raider Nation Radio Hall of Famer. And I think I should get a T-shirt or something that say Unnecessary Roughness or something, or at least, you know what I'm saying? And um, when y'all going to be in, because um, I, w- I was trying to make it to the um, Hall of Fame thing this weekend, but my flight got canceled. And it looks like the only way I'm be able to get out is if I drive to Phoenix and fly to Phoenix, and that's going to cost me a few extra dollars that I wasn't planning to spend. But if I don't make it, y'all got to really represent for the fans, because I'm not the only fan that got um, flight got canceled and all this because of the resurgence of this um, COVID pandemic or whatever. But y'all got to really represent for the um, fans that ain't there, you know what I'm saying? Because I know yeah. y'all going to be there with y'all live booth and everything. So just really represent, because I was trying to make it. I'm still going to try to make it, you know what I'm saying? But my flight got canceled. But if I don't make it, y'all got to really represent for the Raiders who ain't there and shake Violator's hand and hug him for me, because that's my hero as a Raider fan. I think I want to get a, a jersey of another fan. How, can you get a Violator jersey? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> where, probably yeah, you, pro- you probably could and, and i'll tell you uh th- and thank you for the call my man uh we i just saw violator not too long ago at the las vegas ballpark and I actually had did an interview with him uh, uh senor raider and also um who else was there oh gorilla rilla uh all three of those guys and we never got to play the interview on the air because we just ran out of time maybe i'll get to that at some point and i'll say this about your flight i'm hoping my flight don't get canceled 
I might be right there with you, Gangster Raider. I might be riding shotgun. We might be riding all the way to Canton, Ohio. Yo, it'll be so funny. Be like, yo, doing the show from studio here Friday. Like, oh, I'll be angry. <laughs> I'll be so angry. My flight's supposed to leave on Thursday night at 1130 at night. So late night. I'm supposed to land in Cleveland at 6-something in the morning. I'm not guaranteeing that's going to happen. I'm, I'm anticipating it happening. I've planned on it happening. But you never know. You never know. A lot of flights, as you very well know, as I know, have been affected. Oh man, yeah. If you're doing the show from studio on Friday, I will. I'll laugh on the inside, but I, I, I'm about I won't say, say I won't say anything to you. Yeah, exactly. And as far as the anniversary of the radio station, Gangster Radio, you're absolutely right. That damn program director should have uh, gave us a heads up about it. Good one, program director. I uh, mean, we all I don't know. The, the program director obviously wasn't on his job to realize that, uh, yeah, it was a year ago. Everybody's, that the radio, everybody's out at camp. The radio no, station so launched. Fun. Yeah, so congratulations. Thanks for pointing that nugget out, man. I definitely appreciate that. Uh, let's quickly go out to Mitch in New Jersey. You're on Radio Nation Radio. What's on your mind, my man? Thank you. How you doing? Uh, Chilling. I'd love to be in the uh, Hall of Fame and get a T-shirt. I'm collecting my L.A. T-shirts. All right. All right. All right. I was just trying to be funny. That's uh, all good. I'm with I you. Think <laughs> it's, it's okay. I'm glad to talk to you. Our wide receivers, I think I uh, wish they had kept Nelson, but I think uh, if Brandon Edwards and John Moore do well, we got a, a good uh, little uh, sell there, a good uh, team. All right. Talk about uh, Bri- backups. I love it. You said you said Brian Edwards and who else? Uh, Moore. His first name is John. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, uh, Smoke? Is that what you're talking yeah. about? Smoke Brown? Okay, cool. What's his first name? John John Brown. Is that who you're talking about? John Brown. What did I say more? I don't know. No, it's all good. Bad. I'm getting very bad. <laughs> don't get old. It's hey, like, man. Right? My mom says that all the time. Thank you for the call. Mama Q says that all the time. Don't get old. Don't get old. And so uh, you're, you're good, man. You're good with me. Uh, yeah, I th- you know what I thought he said it first? I thought he said John Wall. And I was like, that's the wrong sport. Homeboy he plays nah, basketball. No, no, no. It's all good. We all know John something. Yeah, yeah, no, we yeah. Know John. Uh, we all know John. Yeah, John Brown. You know, he, he could be a factor, man. It's so funny seeing him, though. Uh, we saw it, and I, I pointed out to Vinny today in the indoor when we when we got to practice. He looks like he looks like the kid that comes out to Pop Warner practice, and he's and his jersey's way too big, or his, or it's a game and his jersey's just way too big. And you're like, man, someone find that guy a jersey that actually fits him, you know, just because he's a smaller dude. You know, you'll see the, the the littler kid or whatever that that will go out there. He looks like a, a smaller dude. I mean, he is a small guy, but it's just it's so funny. I told Vinny, I was like, man. It looked like he uh, he on the Pop Warner field and his uh, his jersey don't fit. And he looked up and goes, "Yeah, you ain't lying." It just, but he's got those wheels, man. Uh, John Gruden mentioned that he could still run. Smoke can still run. So uh, I love yeah. the nickname. Love how like just like did oh you, man. Did you hear how yeah. the name came about though? Yeah, it's just like yeah, I came out and I was already dark skinned. <laughs> and it's like that's it. That's, that, the, that's that's how he got the nickname. And it was so funny because I couldn't tell if he was laughing about it, if he was serious about it, or what. Because or if it was something that you know he wasn't really happy that that's how the nickname came, or what. But it it was so funny when he said it because he just it was really quick, you know. Because he's you know, I he's came out and I was really dark, and so they called me Smoke. And you and you know what was even funnier about it? The reporter who asked was not expecting that to be the answer. I wasn't expecting that answer either. That was the last answer I would have thought. I would have thought it had something to do with speed. You know, like, oh, you just I got knew, smoked. I'm not going to lie. That's exactly his answer. That's what was you exact, thought? Yes. That's what you thought. I didn't think it was straight out the womb, but I, I, <laughs> I thought maybe like, you know, as a kid, that's exactly how he got that. Is that what people said to you? No. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you know that? I, I just assumed. I just, it's one of those. I thought we all knew. I, I didn't know that. I'm not going to lie. I did not know that. <laughs> I'm a darker dude. I didn't think that that was the reason. <laughs> I, nobody ever called me smoke. <laughs> ever. 
No one ever looked at me and be like, oh, man, smoke. No one ever said that. No one. <laughs> I, I, it was just one of those things like. I don't know how you ever came up with that. I guess the same way his, his, his family came up with that. You guys are different cats. Talk about different cats all the time. 2.59 is the time. When we come back, I know we got cover three, but we have Raider Mike and we have Raider Don that I definitely want to get to. So hold on. Be patient. We'll get right to you, and then we'll get into cover three.